up you guys it's your girl Lacey Knight and welcome back to yet another episode of Urban Whispers the Lacey Knight Chronicles thank you guys so much for joining in for my eighth episode which marks um the two-month anniversary of this podcast and it's just me today I think that I'm going to take you guys on a journey of books that have just brought me to the point to where I am now books that have encouraged me to actually start this podcast the podcast was brought up from my mind to have a conversation with a larger audience around women who create beautiful stories in the genres of urban multicultural interracial contemporary romance um from black women black women are the heroines the main characters and the main points of love and I do think that in a time where black women are often under attack from everyone else that they deserve space to be loved and appreciated and I really want to appreciate the authors for taking time to write these stories that are really 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 nuanced and I enjoy them quite a bit it will be just me today no one else is joining so you guys will spend a little bit of time with Lacey I'm excited because I'm going to take you guys on like I said I'm just going to talk about what I want to talk about there is no co-host I'm here alone and I do think that I will spend some time with you guys by myself on a monthly cadence and just run down books that I think that you guys should read um without too much back and forth conversation with others uh so with that said before I dive into the books I also want to thank everyone who dm'd me um I was able to give out five copies of where love is found by Tia Rain and I am really excited about that you guys are taking a little chance on us I was happy to provide a book for you guys um and it only took two months to get five people (laughs) interested in those books before I dive into that though I just really want to know (sighs) are you guys watching Traders US the second season I didn't know I've never heard of this show until very recently but I started watching it because I saw a clip on Twitter of Phaedra and everyone's talking talking about how she's just this amazing character and she's having like this stellar year which in the reality world Phaedra Parks who was on the Real Housewives of Atlanta is having this is her year because she's currently on Maritime Medicine causing a ruckus over there and she's also on Traders and Traders quite honestly is probably the best reality television show that is out right now specifically because of her like no hose bard she is the show she is so fucking cuckoo and off kilter and dramatic and I can't stop watching it it comes on Thursday nights at 9 eastern I think um I really wish that they would just put everything out all at once so I could binge it because I'm on the edge of my seat like she is a traitor um but I don't want her to leave I definitely want her or Sheree to win and I'm laughing because Sheree is literally the worst person playing that game but for people who aren't familiar with Traitors it's basically this long ass uh murder mystery type of deal where they have like these 
reality stars i don't know if the first season only included reality stars and real people i haven't paid any attention to it but i do think that i want to go back and watch simply because of this season and the premise is really cool but um and this also came from another country because this is called traders us so i'm sure that it came from the uk and y'all know how i feel about london Mm, we're not gonna go there (laughs) however (laughs) traders is it's a it's a cat like a whole bunch of different reality stars from various worlds you have um johnny bananas ct and trishel from real world road rules challenge like I didn't even know that fucking show still came on. I used to watch that. Do y'all remember when they used to, when Road Rules was on the bus on that RV and shit, and then they started the Real Road Road Rules Challenge, and my girl Coral was like, wrestle? I don't wrestle. I be bitches up. I remember that. And so, um, anyways, Johnny Bananas, CT, they're on there from that space there's like two people from big brother apparently there's like the world's greatest big brother person on the show um there's five different people from bravo there's phaedra there's sheree there's tamra there's mercedes from shaza sunset um what's her name larsa pippen is there her boyfriend is on there um some they have the house speaker from the royal house of commons on there like it's just wild the cast they also have deontay wilder who's a world famous boxer and he is clearly suffering from brain injury because the way he acted and literally cried on these episodes i'm like nigga this is a motherfucking game why are you upset that you're sending people home the point of the game is to send motherfuckers home so you can win and this motherfucker is on here crying like a little Anyways, it be, it's just so absurd to me. So at any rate, I diverted. But Traders is this murder mystery thing. And you have like this house full of people. Everyone is considered faithfuls or a traitor. And the goal is to, of course, not get voted off and get to the end. But also try to figure out who the traitors are. Because apparently, and this show hasn't ended yet, so I don't know what will happen. But according to the host, who's this really fly man, Alan Cummings, like wardrobe immaculate slays the girls every fucking episode (sighs) can't even get into his fashion and phaedra like they are top tier love it but according to him if, if the if a traitor makes it to the end or to some certain point within the game the faithfuls lose and the traitors win so you want to figure out who all the traitors are so that you can get them out the way but you also want to win and so Phaedra is playing up this role of a sweet domicile housewife and she is a traitor and it's her and this girl named Pavani and a guy named Peter and Pavani and Peter are from Big Brother and they are abhorrent okay like the fucking pits like they have their own agenda and they are really at this point in the show they have well peter's gone but he tried to play my girl phaedra and phaedra read him down okay and now poverty's trying to do the same thing and is it peter or is it dan now i think it's dan i apologize it's poverty phaedra and dan dan's bitch ass is gone peter is the motherfucker that i can't stand who apparently was on the bachelor and he is just super trash but um 
And so now Peter's trying to figure out a way to get Phaedra off the show because he wants to pretend like he's just the most faithful of all the faithfuls. And it's, it's so fucking dramatic. It's too much for me. And I really want Phaedra to stay on and I want her to win because as far as reality TV is going, Traders is the best show of reality TV currently right now. Like I will say, it's highly entertaining. I think it's because they have like challenges and then there is this whole thing of the team trying to figure out who's a traitor, who should get sent home. And then the traitors also have to figure out if they want to kill somebody, in quotes, kill somebody to make them go home as well. And there's just all of that type of like mind fuck behavior happening. So I am getting a kick out of watching that. And my daughter absolutely loves it. Like it's the best. Um, Yeah, but back to Phaedra. She's having an amazing year. She's on Married to Medicine. She made those ratings pop. I still don't understand why she's on Married to Medicine. And this is a Bravo TV show. But because um, she's not married and she's not she's not a doctor so um there really isn't a reason apparently uh, she like was dating a doctor so that was her segue into the show but the doctor never appeared and then they broke up and then she like dated another doctor that dr heavenly introduced her to but regardless you guys really should should try out traders i am enjoying it a lot and it makes me think of who should be on for the next season just because I've been watching and you know you all know that I was like 10 toes down into Real Housewives of Salt Lake City Monica's bitch ass definitely needs to be on the next season um because she deserves it because I am still irritated with the way that these fucking people treated Monica on Real Housewives of Salt Lake City because she's a blogger and these women are acting like she just really offended them so badly by saying mean things about them on the internet and that is problematic for me for a number of reasons but y'all can go back a couple episodes and just um listen to that but yeah I was thinking like Nene would be a great trader even though she's older I feel like Nene's in her 50s and I don't necessarily like that but Jackie Christie um Heather Dubro would be fun to see on there Coral from Real World Road Rouge Challenge and they don't even call it Real World Road Rouge Challenge anymore they just call it the challenge and it's probably in like a hundred and something seasons I'm about to be 40 so I can't believe that people are still fucking playing that game it's so weird so weird anyways but yeah Y'all let me know if y'all are watching Traders. Holler at your girl. Let me know how y'all feel about it. And also tell me what other reality TV shows you guys are watching. Um, I think that's all I'm watching right now. I was heavily into Zeus Network because you all know I love me some trash TV. But now that Chris Sean Rock is no longer a part of the Zeus Network, I have to cancel my membership. I used to watch Baddies, Bad Boys, um, all of those shows. But I was only watching them in support of my good young sis Krishan Rock who people think is crazy and what would I be I've had eight episodes with you guys and everybody who knows me knows that I love this girl and I haven't brought her up once it's been killing me not to talk about her and since I'm by myself and nobody can tell me not to 
I have to talk about her and how disappointed I am. Like, this fucking girl. Okay, like, sorted past, so problematic on every fucking realm of things. She had an out from her extremely emotionally and physically abusive boyfriend. He's in jail and everybody was like, yes, the blue face is in jail and she's going to be free to just live her life and get her shit together. And it appeared as so, like she was doing great. She had put out a few songs. She was extremely viral, getting millions of views on YouTube. And these things matter because she's young. Like that younger generation, these 20 year olds, they care about the streams they care about the likes they care about all of that so basically she had motion in that realm and she was doing so amazing by herself with her baby without blue face (sighs) this little fucking girl i just don't know i can't understand what type of mind control this motherfucking blue face has over women blue face is a rapper not a great one but he's a rapper from la and He's handsome. I'm not even going to fake. Like, the man looks good. He's tall, slender. Uh, Krishan, many years ago, leaked their sex tape, so we all know he got a big dick. So, um, and apparently he's a freak. So, <laughs> but he has these women who come into his world are so wrapped up in him. I just, ugh, I don't get it. So, Krishan, um had numerous tattoos representing him his name is Jonathan she has his face tattooed on his neck twice she has his name written across her forehead on her arm in her crotch area it says Jonathan's pussy like she had seven tattoos of this motherfucking man they had a horrible breakup because she was pregnant and he was not claiming the baby he was so disrespectful to her the entire time she was pregnant and because of their behavior prior to her being pregnant, the court of public opinion thinks that she was drinking and smoking and doing drugs while she was pregnant. Whereas I can honestly say homegirl was not. She was sober. She Her face was looking good. Her eyes were sparkling. Like her being pregnant was like the gift that everybody was so excited for because he so obviously did not want her to be pregnant. And so he like did everything that was deplorable that a human being could do to a person he did to her so she finally like broke it off with him and started dating another guy and when I tell you this motherfucking blue face lost his marbles when she started dating a guy and she also got his the ta- the biggest tattoo that she has is on the front of her neck she got that shit covered up and Baby, he lost his fucking mind. I don't know what happened, but she got that tattoo covered up and we were all just like, congrats to her. Get the rest of them undone. But see, they're like on her face and on her neck. And if you do tattoo removal, there's scarring, There's it's laser, there's burning. So um, she's nervous about, this is what she said, y'all. Nervous about doing that stuff because she doesn't want to mess up how she fucking looks. All right, boom, fine. There's makeup and things out here. I am covered in tattoos as well. I do know the makeup will cover you up. I don't cover any of my tattoos up because why? I love them all. <sighs> this motherfucking guy, Blueface, goes to jail. Y'all know what this little stupid ass girl does? She gets this nigga's face tattooed on her face. 
this fucking beautiful 22, 23-year-old girl has this man who is, if you all don't follow the stories, he's the pits. Oh, he's so fucking deplorable. Like, the last thing he did before he went to jail that just was really like, girl, if this don't tell you he don't fuck with you, he kidnapped her baby. Like, legit, the baby that he didn't want, he kidnapped her because kidnapped him as a little boy. Kidnapped the child's baby. This is a true story. Like, apparently, because they both make music, um, and I put that in air quotes because what the type of music they make isn't, like, the music that I think they make. As an internet troll, I act like I love everything that she puts out, but that shit is so fucking basic and really fucking stupid but it gives me the greatest joy in the world to like irritate all of my friends by acting like I have so much joy and love for the content that she puts out which it's fucking trash but it's like entertaining trash I also watch trash tv so I'm just trolling but I do really think that the girl is special and if she had the right people behind her she would be as famous if not more famous than the Kardashians because everything this fucking girl does goes completely viral like she goes live on Instagram at 10 o'clock in the morning 500,000 people are watching at 10 o'clock in the morning like we ain't got and I'm one of those 500,000 morons watching this fucking girl at work like mind you I would be in a meeting and be like oh Krishan is on live I'll fucking turn my phone on and I just want to see what she got going on just (laughs) how moronic is that yes I'm a part of her tribe but anyway yeah so she was in the studio making well actually she wasn't in the studio yet apparently because in LA these internet celebrities they get paid a really large substantial amount of money to go and make club appearances so apparently she was at a club with Blueface, and not with him but she was in a club she's not with him at the time she was in a club and he was in a club and so they see each other but the people in the club even like play her song that she has that she's dissing Blueface, and it's actually i forgot the name of the damn song and i used to just really rap it all the time that's how irrelevant her music is fuck blue face i had to find a new bay i don't even know the name of the fuck song but anyway that song came on in the club and blue face was there because was rapping it throwing off her little middle fingers at that nigga da, 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 da. and so she leaves the club she got a little check she leaves the club she goes to the studio now she has her own place she has a child And this was during the holidays because her entire family, she's from Baltimore, but she lives in L.A. Most of her family was in in, um, L.A. for the holidays. So um, she goes to the studio to make music and someone is calling her, like repeatedly, repeatedly, repeatedly calling her. But she's in the booth, so she's not hearing the phone ring. She finally comes out of the booth and she answers the phone. And reason, how do I know this story? Because she went live and told us. That's why I know this story. Because she goes live and tells us all her business. So she called her best friend, Marsh, is the person that's watching her child. She's like, Blueface just came over here. He's very drunk and he took your baby. But I'm in the car with him. And so Krishan is speeding down the highway to go get her baby. And she's on live with Marsh. And Marsh is in the background. You can hear her screaming. And you hear Blueface basically say, Marsh, if you don't get the fuck away from me, I am going to murder you. Like, he threatens this fucking girl. I think he went live, too. Like, 
I can't recall because it's been a couple of months now, but I really feel like he was on live or she recorded him and they posted the footage. But this is how crazy this shit gets. Like, took your baby. He didn't have the baby in the car seat. It was three o'clock in the morning, three, four o'clock in the morning. The baby didn't have no clothes on. And he just was like, drunk, I'm going to take this baby. That would be enough. If that wasn't enough for you, um... Also, when the baby was first born, he had a hernia. And how do the people know that we, how do we know that he has a hernia? Because Blueface posted this young man's genitalia on Twitter. So he has done all of these abhorrent things that would really make a normal person be like, nah, I ain't gonna fuck with you at all, ever again in life. But this young bitch is like, no, <laughs> we made up. We're gonna go, we're gonna be great together. I'm going to accompany his dumb ass to court where he gets arrested for parole violation and goes to jail. And in solidarity with him, I'm getting his face tattooed on my face. I'm shaking my head. I was just like, I've spent three years of my life following and rooting for you fucking girl. And this is the shit you do. And you too old at this point to be doing that type of dumb ass shit. Like, so at any rate um i'm still watching but not as much zeal and enthusiasm as i was before because i really was rooting for her to get out of this situation and turn everything up into all these negatives into positives so i was totally rooting for her and just hoping for the absolute best but she likes being in that toxic shit that nigga is still in jail and i haven't i gave y'all like a tidbit I could really spend an entire episode breaking this down, but y'all not here for that. I mean, y'all kind of are because you're here listening to me and everyone, all of you have said that you enjoy my commentary on things that I talk about. So I guess you kind of are, but at this point, I'll be back once he gets out of jail (laughs) and tell y'all more about it then because this is just wild. So, yeah, today is February 19th. I, um, happy belated Valentine's Day. I hope you guys enjoyed your Valentine's Day. I did not have a Valentine. I did enjoy my time in New Orleans for Mardi Gras, but no Valentine for me at all. But I did see everyone's lovely posts and people getting engaged. I had a friend, I had a baby, um, So it was like a lot of wonderful things that were occurring for you guys during Valentine's Day. But um, enough about that. This is also a holiday. I think this is President's Day. Um, So shout out to everybody. Enjoy the presidents, these dead motherfuckers that colonized this country. Like shout out to them on President's Day, I guess. So let's get into it. (laughs) The first author I want to bring up and... I don't know why we, Isha and I have loosely talked about her and she definitely deserves like a lot more of the time that, um, than what we've given to her because Isha and I actually are really close because of the work that we do for her. Her name is Tiana Levine and, um, the book that I want everybody to kind of lend an ear to is called The Naughty Sins of a Saint. This is for Tiana Levine is a USA Today award winning best selling author. She specifically only writes 
IR multicultural romance. Um, and she's very loquacious, extremely robust in creating like the scenarios. Everything's so detailed. She's well thought out with the content that she creates. And she's also one thing that I personally like about her as a writer is that she's always giving you a lesson um, about black power if you will like she's always black women empowerment if you will she's so focused on having her women be so appreciated by these men and this is actually the very first IR book that I had ever written read not written I didn't write her book (laughs) but this was the very first book that I read I can't even recall who told me to read this book but it was somebody and they were just like Oh, you're and I think it was because I was having a conversation about Eve Dallas and um the In Death series by J J D Rob and they were like, Oh, if you like that kind of stuff, you should definitely read this book. And so I was like, Sure, I'll read it. And a Saint is a a, a a therapist who has a sex addiction and he loves when I say loves everything about a black woman like can't no woman can't no other race do anything for him but he's so in love with protecting and loving black women that he's a part of an organization that specifically protects black women and interracial romance and so there's a bit of um fantasy in this he has like some mystical powers that we figure we find out about later um this is a, a very it's a series the naughty sins of the saint is the first book in the series but it's a very long series that has spun over quite a few years i feel like it's seven books let me see naughty sins of the saint one two three four five six seven yep oh wait maybe eight there's quite a few books but um it's really it was my first foray into IR and it made me <laughs> it made me be like wow okay these men do these men really think this way about black women because he definitely would read you down for filth and he was always one to like sit here and um protect black women even against black men and so um and the sex scenes were nothing to sneeze at okay he like I said he had a sex addiction and he fell in love with his woman Zinnia and it was all she wrote and they have children the characters are quite funny um yeah Naughty Sins of Saint is great um and Tiana Levine she hits on really interesting topics throughout all of the books that she's written she um She has a book about an Irish boxer, which is the nick of time. And again, those books are really, that book is really great. Forgive Me Father for I Had Loved, which is about a priest. Um, She just really, she hits, she goes deep into whatever book she's focusing on. And she does a lot of research on the content and the character development of these people and creates these stories that are just like, wow I think when I first began reading romance I would skip over the sex because it didn't necessarily matter to me it was more so about the story and the love that was created and the friendships that the partners would have with one another and so I just always thought that 
that was just amazing and um it just really that's what really drew me in with <laughs> her books and I just think that she doesn't get enough recognition for her contributions in IR on a wider scale. She pours her soul. And I know that she does because I'm a beta reader for her. And she pours her soul and her passion into every single book that she creates. And she definitely takes the feedback from her street team and her beta readers to heart. And, um... It's just something to be said. I would, you all should definitely, you know, give this lady a whirl and get into her world and read these books. But start, I really feel like, in my opinion, the IR Bible, a very well-crafted book, argue with your mama if you want to, but Naughty Sense of Saint is the one to start you off with. For one, a lot of people have said to me personally that they aren't into interracial romance because they don't want to think about a white man and a black woman. It's like being with your own internalized racism. Um, Saint isn't white. He's Egyptian. So there you go. And, but, you know, so he's Arabic and there you have it. So it's this Arabic man and this black woman. They have this beautiful romance. They have these kids. And it goes over a myriad of years. And when I tell you that these books, they, they touch on real things. Like there's one book, if you do continue in the series, it might even be the second one where something happens and it appears that Saint has cheated on Zinnia. He did not. He really didn't. But... The optics of the situation were awful. And so the entire book, they were separated. They really were not together. And it was really a situation of them, him rebuilding trust with her and getting her back and getting that love back. And it was, I'm going to go have to go back and actually reread that book, that specific book. And I think that was called When the Saint Goes Marching In. And um, really go back to that one because it was, like I said, they both, even though... It appeared that he had cheated on her. Zinnia knew that he hadn't, but it was just like, I can't be this stupid bitch because I've gotten played so many times in the past by other people. And yes, you've said that you love me and you said that you cared about me, but uh-uh, I can't go for it. And so um, that specific book about them recommitting themselves to their love and him going on a journey to find out more about him as a man and also as I mentioned before he has these abilities that he hadn't tapped into so in that book they really like dive into how he came to have these mythical powers that he had and what um what he could do with them to protect his family, protect this organization that he's a part of. And I can't say enough about him. I think that Saint, the character that she wrote, he was really, he was great. He was a little mean, a little rough around the edges, a little bit much of an asshole because he's like so smart, so fine. Everybody fucks with him. He was very brilliant and he had no qualms about him at all as a person. He's extremely an alpha male. And, um, yeah, I think that that is a really good book. If you want to jump into interracial romance and you have a, an aversion to white women and black, white men and black women dating, 
then don't read about white men and black women dating read about another culture and that's the that is the the beauty of interracial romance authors is that the world is their oyster like in urban romance it's black love 100 percent black 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 which is fine but being able to tap into other other cultures and see how they respect and love black women it's different it's a different type of love there's a different type of respect there's a different type of energy that they have to, that they have to have because since they're not black there are things that they can't say and they have to be respectful of the fact that they can't say it but own up to their own prejudices and own internalized shit in order to love these women appropriately if that makes sense so definitely naughty sins of a saint so I gave you an IR book the <laughs> the next the next author I want to bring up is Lady Nisha and I want to bring her up because she cracks me up Lady Nisha L-A-D-I-I Lady Nisha um She's just a funny author. She, her, she, this is, uh, urban. It's urban. It's not street. I'm not going to say that. It's urban. I guess you can call it contemporary romance because these aren't street characters. But Lady Nisha has a book that's called Catching Flights. She has a series. It's called, the first book is called Catching Flights. The second book is called Catching Feelings. And so in Catching Flights and Feelings, um, it's about Kendall and, Child. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm just thinking about the book. Lord Jesus. So this is about um this story is about like a one night stand that goes crazy. And it when I say goes crazy, it goes fucking crazy. <laughs> so um so basically uh Kendall is a flight attendant who is very free about um her life. And, uh, she lives her life unapologetically. She is a sexually liberated woman. She does not want to be, uh, tied down by anybody. And she meets a guy at a bar and they have a one night stand. She doesn't really know his name. I don't think he asks for hers. And they have a wild, crazy night of sex. And when I tell y'all, so this happens at the beginning of the book and when they lay, they lay each other out, like Kendall is time enough for him and he's time enough for her. They just have the time of their lives. And so, um, <laughs> so at any rate, she has this one night, she meets him in a bar. She's a flight attendant. She meets him in a bar. They have sex. She gets up in the morning to go run on her flight and she's running late and lo and behold, when she gets to the plane. She hears a voice and whose voice is it? It's the pilot and the pilot is the man that she slept with. So, <laughs> so the story starts there and, um, basically, you know, they're both very much into each other, but they don't really have a lot of things going on aside from sex and the story go, and then just on a wild and I'm not telling the whole story and I'm not going to, but just so that you guys could possibly want to watch, read it. So there's Kendall and then she has a stepsister named Renee who happens to be pregnant and she's pregnant by the pilot. As luck would have it. Kendall and Renee do not have a great relationship, so they don't know. She doesn't know anything about this, but the pilot definitely falls in love with Kendall 
Renee is a psycho. All the characters are funny. Um, It's a passionate book. It's hilarious. It's so fucking far-fetched. Um, <laughs> it's like, you sit there. I sat there and read this book one Thanksgiving. I told my cousin um, that you all will meet in an upcoming episode. I told my cousin, I was like, I'm not going to move from this seat until I finish reading both of these books because Catching Fights and Catching Feelings is a sequel. And so um, I did. And when I was telling, and she sat beside me and I would be like, girl, I know you fucking lie. Girl, what? Is this what's going on? Is she about to shoot him? Oh my God, does he not know? She gets pregnant? Like these are the... It's so much, and I haven't, when I tell you that I haven't told you anything, and I just said some things, like, get into Lady Nisha catching fights and catching feelings, and then stick with Lady Nisha, because as I said, <laughs> she just cracks me up as an author. Like, she, the content that she creates is really good. And um, another book of hers that I think people should read. So you read Catching Fights, Catching Feelings, and you're like, this lady's crazy. You read that book. And then I've actually read almost everything, if not everything, almost everything that she's put out. And um, I really have an affinity towards a book called Lucid Dreams. And I think... The reason that I, I mean, and I, I honestly like everything that she's written, but um, Lucid Dreams is about two brothers. They're twins, night and day, and they are car thieves, and they both suffer like a really, 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 really hard loss as children. They saw something that children should never have to see, and they cope with that by abusing pills and potions shout out to Nicki Minaj <laughs> but that story between so you have the story of love between the two brothers because they definitely protect each other and then there is the relationship that Knight eventually has with um Hunter who has a little rough life for herself as well like she has a child and an alcoholic father and her mother died giving birth to her. So there's like this trauma that the family has and a bit of resent. She's grown up with her family resenting her because her mother died in childbirth. So there's things that she's had to contend with as well. And um, it's one of those gritty stories. They, uh, I would definitely call this urban and dark just because of the fact that they are car thieves and this is how they make their money and um and they are both about their life like they will pull a gun out on you when I say they night and day they will pull a gun out on you they don't give a fuck about much and night is a very he's a hard ass right and then he just falls for hunter and they meet at a party and um their story goes on from there and it's it's a wild ride. It's, it's a lot happening. There's a, it touches on topics such as suicide, um, dementia, Alzheimer's, depression, verbal and emotional abuse. Um, and it's handled with care. Like it's a part of the story. And if you've been 
privy to those things occurring in your life, then you you have to shout out Lady Nisha for bringing these themes into the story in the respectful manner that she does. So it's not like a trope, if you will, but it matters to the development of these two characters and to the development of their story. There is comic relief from Day, <laughs> the twin, and like the things that he does, but there's also just the conversations and the stories and the people that are um, create who these folks are really are impactful and matter a lot um in the books as well still again sticking with lady nisha and going to a foolish book of hers that i personally thought was hysterical it is a novella (laughs) only 85 pages long and it's called santa's little pleasers and this little stupid ass book (laughs) and i'm going to move to another author after this but this little stupid ass book is about some college students, some boys who need to make extra money. And so um, they become Santa's little pleasers. And I'll (laughs) let you deal with that as you will. But it's 85 pages. It's so funny, so hilarious, very cute. And... (laughs) You can't, I can't get enough of it. Well, I can't. I only read it once because it was just like so preposterous. But yes, Lady Nisha, she, she goes, she, she takes you there. She can give you a book that's just full of just silliness and sex and just makes you smile while you're reading it like a quick read. Same thing with Catching Flights and Catching Feelings. Like that story was very preposterous, Um, but I enjoyed reading it. And then you have... The Lucid Dreams, which was a very good story, very well written, and it touched on heavy things, and it still reflected around love and respect for one another, and so Lady Nisha is just, she's a little dope little author. She got it going on. Like, I, I definitely rock with her a lot. Continuing on the path of silliness, I will go back into the IR world and this is an oldie but a goodie and it is called Love Script and Love Script is written by Tiffany Ashley and this book when did this book come out it came out in 2007 but again I'm trying to get you all trying to wet your whistle and try to get you all to read these books so Love Script is like throwback 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 and basically this is a story about (laughs) coercion if you will so this is an IR story it is black woman white man but um the characters are forced to be together so um let me see if there's a little and love script is actually Tiffany Ashley's first book so I'm excited I'm happy to know that. So I I, I I really sit here and talk to you guys about the first books from a lot of authors. I think I talked to you all, D.A. Young, about her first book. Um, so yeah, this is, this is awesome. So anyway, so Love Script is about a woman named Lainey. She is planning to go on a vacation and she has a fiance she's going on a cruise with. And he winds up, typical shit that starts the book off. The nigga cheated on her, but she's like, I'm still going to go on my motherfucking trip. And so she goes on her trip and um, winds up 
running, literally bumping into her boss on the cruise ship. Her boss is taking this cruise because he wants to secure this huge merger with another company. And the owners of that company, they're older. I think they're trying to sell their company and um, they love to go on cruises. So he's like, I'm going to be in a fake relationship with somebody and woo them on this ship so that I can get the the deal. And so he had somebody in mind to be his fake partner on this trip, the fake wife, if you will. And right when they get to the ship, the woman pulls out and she's just like, I don't, I don't want to participate in this. Fuck you. Da, 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 da. So he, he's like looking around like crazy, trying to find somebody. And this girl, Lacey bumps into him and he, re- he recognizes that she works for him. He's like, I'll give you a promotion or some shit. If you do this for me for this whole trip, you know, like you can sleep in your own room. I'll get us a suite. Da, 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 da. So basically that's why I said coercion. He like, forces her to be in this fake relationship with him and so that's pretty much the story it goes on throughout this seven day trip and over the course of the cruise trip they fall in love they do and it's just it's a goofy fun story it's a cute little again yet another cute little story that's from the IR perspective and um that you just kind of like enjoy like I definitely enjoyed it I definitely called my aunt my aunt was the one who told me to read this and I was like girl what is this foolishness that you got me reading like seriously chill so but yeah so (laughs) definitely that's one for the books um then there is my homegirl Tiffany Patterson and I like Tiffany Patterson a lot for the, a lot of the same reasons that I like D.A. Young as well as um, Keita Kendrick. They write contemporary romance and they write it from a Black perspective as well as a multicultural perspective. And so Tiffany Patterson wrote Black Pearl. I think that's the name of it. I'm looking it up right now. Sorry, you guys. Yes, I'm right. She definitely wrote Black Pearl. And Black Pearl is like a little small foray into a little BDSM, if you will. Black Pearl is about a Greek uh, banker. His name, he is a a little, he's alpha. He is, um, he's alpha. He's like so enigmatic if you will he he's just a vibe honestly his name's Nicola Collins and so um he is the CEO of a financial services and um he took over the company when his father died because and his father died unexpectedly so he kind of had to just usurp himself into this role um at a young age and keep the family business going his brother (laughs) Andre is the CFO and his brother goes on vacation I'm trying to remember let me look at it let's see yeah his brother Andre goes on vacation so um 
And so Devin doesn't have much work to do because he's on vacation. And then Alexi and Devin is Andre's executive assistant. Um, Since he's on vacation, Devin doesn't have a lot of work to do. And Nikolai's assistant falls ill or her mother's ill. Devin starts to become his assistant while his brother is out of office. Apparently, they've each had like a crush on each other. Neither one of them knows it, but they've enjoyed looking at each other, if you will, for a long period of time, but neither one would act on it. For one, it's totally unprofessional. And two, Devin was always dating somebody. She was dating a cop who ain't shit. He's trash. And um, but in addition to her working as a CEO, executive assistant at nighttime, she's a burlesque dancer. And she's like Black Pearl. That's her name, which is the name of the book. And so like <laughs> She happens to be at work one night and a woman that Alexi is dating takes her on a, oh my goodness, hold on one second, you guys. <laughs> Sorry about that. It is a holiday and um, <laughs> had to do something real quick. And I'm recording during the day, not at late night like I usually do. So, but anyways, Black Pearl. Uh, so Alexi, I'm not Alexi, sorry. <laughs> Nikolai, um, goes on a date with a woman and she takes him to a burlesque dance and he immediately recognizes the body from my homegirl Devin because she banging like that. And he's like, oh, she's a burlesque dancer. And then he like confronts her and um he doesn't necessarily he doesn't threaten her job or anything he's just like oh you out here giving what you giving and I'm actually about to reread this book because I forgot how much I enjoyed this story <laughs> but um yeah in fact yeah I really did enjoy the story a lot I think I was telling you guys earlier about Saint and how that was an Asian well, not Asian Arab man and a black woman I think this was my first white man, black woman book that I was like, oh, okay, you've given what needs to be given, Mr. Greek. <laughs> but, um, so yeah, so like, so anyways, he confronts her at her job, the second job, and like tells her to, you're leaving with me. And he takes her home and has a wonderful night of passion with her. And then their situation begins and their story it's it's straight up a love story there isn't any there's a little bit of drama involving her ex well it's actually a lot of bit of drama but um it's more it more happens towards the end I think that um Tiffany Patterson she gives you like a little zhuzh into situations that um all get really they wrap them they she wraps them up pretty quickly and so um so yes so there's that. Another book by Tiffany Patterson that I absolutely, do you hear me when I say absolutely, 110, 12, 13, 14, 15, 10 toes, 115 toes, all the toes down for her. Like, ugh, when I tell y'all I love this book so much, like, it is... I don't do the book base. Like, I don't. I'm never one that's going to be like... Because a lot of times in these Facebook groups, people are always like, that's my boyfriend. That's my book husband. Da, 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 da. Like, I don't rock with it that much. But since we kind of put our toe 
into BDSM. We're gonna keep it there. And um, Tiffany Patterson wrote this book about the. It's called Aaron's Patience, and it's Aaron Townsend, and he is. And I, we've loosely, I think, when we talked about the type of tropes that we like, and um. <laughs> Isha was like, I hate the billionaire trope. And I was like, I, you know, I kind of fuck with it a little bit because it's a little, like these niggas be having like a rack of fucking money and they be doing a whole bunch of crazy shit with all this money that they have. I fuck with it heavy, 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 heavy. And so, um, so yeah, so like you have Aaron's Patience, which is about Aaron Townsend and, um, he is totally closed off like no he don't have time for nothing but making money he is a billionaire he's in charge in charge of Townsend Enterprises um they are a conglomerate like real estate all the things you know like they got money long 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 money and patience is a a young woman who always had a crush on him like for forever she's not like a whole bunch of years younger than him but she's younger than him and she always had a crush on him but he didn't know because he's just always been so buttoned up and so professional and so serious and da 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 and patience is like this nerdy little girl that he met once and so like um she always just had a crush on him and so they had a um dalliance if you will once a long time ago before the book begins right a dalliance i love that word (laughs) a dalliance if you will and from that dalliance children were produced and he had no idea she ran and hid the kids from him you guys now there is a story involved with why she ran i'm definitely not going to tell you because i definitely need you to read the book and find out why but (sighs) child when I tell you that Aaron was always in love with her like he met her one time when she was in high school and I think he was like about to graduate college and that's when they first met and then he just when then when she graduated college he was just so attractive and attractive he is attractive from the way he's described and so attentive to her and just really weird and um he broke her heart so she moved away from the town that they live in and she moved to California. And then her father gets, no, 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 I'm skipping. Um, she winds up going, she's a librarian. She winds up going to some kind of convention and she has a friend that is a hoe, like freak nasty, if you will. She takes her to a sex club and um, she's at the sex club and Aaron's at the sex club and you do sex at a sex club right and so (laughs) so that happens and then he can't get off his mind like at least six or seven years have passed um since they've last seen each other and so they have this encounter at the sex club and it's like amazing and then she takes her ass back to california he takes his ass back to wherever he is her father becomes ill so she goes back home to visit her father and she takes her kids with her and that's when he finds out that he's a dad and from there the shit takes off and so um this book is really good to me specifically because um they do a lot of back and forth like what happened in the past bringing it back to the future and Tiffany Pat it's it's 
it's done so wonderfully well and she just i was just like and it's the introduction it's not the introduction to the townsends um there's another book in the fireman series that tiffany patterson has written but i don't necessarily care about that book it's not that it's a bad book or anything i'm just not into firemen stories like that's just not my jam um but the townsend men are quite amazing and uh aaron i think he's a popular um hero to a lot of women because she writes about them quite a bit so <laughs> like he makes an appearance in quite a few books of hers regarding the townsend clan and um then yeah so there's that and trying to see because I mentioned that one of the reasons that I like her a lot is because of her ability to sit here and talk about all the relationships all the different genres like they have this is contemporary romance um it's contemporary romance and she also this is black woman white man but she also has uh a couple of books trying to find it if I could just think, if I could remember the name of it, that would be helpful, right? That would help you guys a lot. Mm -mm. Well, this isn't the name of the book that I was thinking of, but Safe Space 1 and Safe Space 2 and Something Special. Those are all Black women and Black men characters. And um safe spaces with xavier grant and chanel and again these aren't your thugged out stories at all these are stories of um just couples that are very successful in their career chanel is an attorney xavier grant is a restaurateur and their story goes over two two books because of situations that arise as Chanel was in an abusive relationship that nobody knew about and it really affects her as a woman and a partner in a relationship and um Xavier is a man and he's like once he realizes that she was being abused and it was actually happening under his nose um there's like reactions that happen and so there's things that people have to contend with and that is again those these books and kudos to these authors like I said with Lady Nisha and the the temerity that she had with hitting on those hard topics the same kudos goes to Tiffany Patterson and she hits on topics such as miscarriage abortion domestic violence depression um just a number of things and it's always just like you guys do your work you guys do your research you guys take your time and you really make these stories very real so relatable and I'm often really just appreciative to how sensitive they are to these stories and how they make them how they make these things weave into the story to make you feel the compassion that you have for a character while you're reading as well as just love the story it's like when I tell you it's so good it's so fucking good you guys like she's just amazing and so Safe Spaces 1 and Safe Spaces 2, that's about Xavier and Chanel and Chef's Kiss. Bravo. Bravo to them. 110%. I am, I have so many. That's why I have to do this on a monthly cadence because I haven't even told you all about the books that I wrote down that I wanted to tell you all about. It's like, what? I'm not even finished. I'm, and I've been talking for an hour. Ugh. 
my goodness. And I'm tired of talking to you guys. No, I'm not. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but I am about to wrap it up because I do want to um, just real quickly go back to um, a novella that I recently read. And it's going back to, I mentioned with Tiana Levine, she had some supernatural aspects to um, to the Saint series. And give me a second all right I'm back sorry about that these daytime intrusions this is not usually going to be the case but it's where we are today so um I am going to close out with one of my current favorite contemporary authors name is Antoinette Sherrill. She wrote um, Savvy that the Art of Hood Love series that I have Isha reading. She wrote that. Um, She's really quickly becoming a favorite. Like there's certain authors that when they put something out, I'll stop reading anything that I'm reading to read what they've written. J.D. Robb used to be that way for me with the In-Death series. C.N. Lee absolutely still is. Um, Tiffany Patterson. Keita Kendrick. D.A. Young, of course. And now Antoinette M. Monique is one, although she just put out Still Waters, the finale, and it left. It was lacking. Like, I'm going to talk about it because I'm very sad about it. Because M. Monique, she prior to that she didn't did nothing wrong in my opinion i guess you can't hit them all out of the park but we'll talk about it we'll talk about it child. but anyway antoinette Cheryl. i mentioned the savvy series um with isha she's talking about it she's reading it um can't say enough positive things about the way that she handles stories so the story that I'm going I'm going to close with three. This is a full story, and then the other two are novellas. And so this is called Salvage My Soul. It's a standalone novel. And it is about Remedy Tate and Musa Walker. And basically two lost souls. Like Remedy Tate, um, her sister was murdered in front of her, and Musa lost his wife. And Musa has a child. And so um, both of them tend to various addiction for coping. Um, Musa is an alcoholic and Remedy pops pills. And so their addictions are a part of the story. And um, again, it is a love story and it's filled with grief it's a lot of grief involved um there's a lot of people being held accountable to things actually he has twins not a a child he has twins um but um but yeah the story their redemption the way that they figure things out um it's great it's it's really good Uh, remedy she suffers from of course the loss of her sister but she also deals with the fact that and she's a twin as well so that right there is probably super hard to deal with in addition to just dealing with what you have to deal with regularly the fact that you've lost half of yourself um she also deals with the 
with parental issues and their disappointment that they have in her um is really like paramount in the story and then he loses his wife his soulmate if you will in his mind at this point he has lost his wife and um he has to contend with that he has to deal with those feelings and he's in the military and he like goes away and comes back with an alcohol addiction so this is a story that kind of um it's just a it's a it's not a tough read at all it's not it's there's so much compassion between the two of them as they navigate their own struggles and realize that they have to be completely healed and hold people in in order to properly properly love each other um it's great i enjoy I, i really enjoyed that story and once again appreciated Antoinette's approach to people going through addiction people going through recovery so it was great I want to close out with two novellas and the reason I want to close this out is because recently I was having a conversation with some readers and it was brought to my attention that vampire novels are like lacking all of a sudden which I wasn't aware of I didn't know that people weren't fucking with vampires anymore but (laughs) so I'm like Hmm, I just read a couple of books about some vampires that I fuck with super heavy. So I'm going to tell these everybody and their mama to read about these fucking vampires. And so it's a novella. It's two novellas. It's Hall of Dreams, Where Desires Becomes Reality, and Darker Dreams, Black Magic and Dead Blood Ties. They're both by um, Tiffany Patterson. No, they are not. They're both by Antoinette Sherrill. Tiffany Patterson must be talking about me, you guys. That means she wants to do an interview. <laughs> but um it's a paranormal novella and the character draconian count like the name itself draconian count lets you know that he's a fucking vampire but <laughs> but it's about him finding a succubus or is he the succubus no the vampires are the succubus but he finds so once a year they open up their home these vampires open up their homes to unsuspecting um people they let them come in and they can take the blue pill or the red pill if you will matrix (laughs) and they can have like a night of wonder and fantasy and mystery and sex and so he finds this woman that he wants. Her name is Angel Hollowell. And Angel wants a relationship. She's trying to be locked down. And so she goes to this event. Um, she's supposed to go with her friend, but they put a spell on the friend so the friend can't come. And she winds up being there by herself and she encounters Draco. And um, they have a night of passion. And he falls in love immediately this 500 year old vampire however fucking old he is it's like those vampire stories for me i think that they have lost their allure only because like these motherfuckers would be like 3,000 years old and then they fall in love with a 22 year old like it's kind of gross in the grand scheme of things if you think about it that way however i don't know if he's over 100 i don't know how fucking they don't bring up their ages it's a novella it's like 75 pages but (laughs) at any rate they fall in love i think she winds up it's 112 pages not 75 close enough but they fall in love and then they have to contend with the dark forces that don't want them to remain together which is the second book and the second book is 106 pages 
I thought that because novellas are short and it's really hard to like tell a concise story in my opinion with a novella like describe spending time on pages to describe characters what they're feeling not write about them in first person which is what I fucking hate with a passion I've talked about this but so many authors consistently do this it's so fucking annoying <laughs> grow up at some point but anyways but no these two books I honestly wish that they could have been longer because they were great and it's paranormal it's a really quick way to get you into paranormal fiction because um as somebody like I love that type of stuff I love sci-fi that's the world that I that's the genre that I read the most so I'm always hypercritical of these romance authors who have the sex part, part down pat but sometimes when they try to tiptoe into fiction of this realm they missed they missed the mark but she did not she told a really good story two quick stories um I loved it a lot and I'm going to end on that note so I think that you all have I've talked enough about books of the month and I would implore you all to listen read a couple let me know I think I did a, I think I did myself justice I gave you some IR I gave you some urban I didn't go super hood I'll save that for March my birthday month when we get well let's get ratchet in March I'll find a whole lot of ratchet things but I just think right now in my reading space as it pertains to just romance in general I'm not necessarily in the hood hood drama space like I can give you all the hood books because of course I know what they are but that's just not that's not where I'm vibing at right now. So, um, so yeah. So I will say thank you guys for listening to Just Me. I hope that I kept you all attentive, kept your t- kept your attention. Apologize for the stops while I had to handle a little personal business. But um, again, I'll be back next week, maybe with Isha. Maybe she's still asleep. Shout out to episode seven if you listened all the way through you'll get that joke (laughs) or maybe she won't or maybe she'll still be napping who knows but I definitely enjoy spending my day my hour and 15 hour and 10 minutes with you guys talking about these things going down memory lane I'm gonna reread some things because I literally was like oh my gosh yes as I was talking to you all I was like oh I remember when this happened I definitely want to go back and relive some of these book moments so I'm excited to go back and reread some of the books that I told you guys about. And I hope that you will reread them and enjoy them too. And until then, as always, like, comment, rate, subscribe. We are everywhere. And I know I said it before, but getting on iHeartRadio was no small feat. Like everything else I could just, it was a click of a button. But with iHeartRadio, I had to do paperwork. So... (laughs) (laughs) so take y'all asses over there too and like my shit on iheart so that way these motherfuckers know that i'm about my shit and maybe i can be like a super rated podcast if not i still appreciate you supporting me wherever you can um urban whispers podcast one on instagram urban whispers podcast on tiktok urban whispers podcast on facebook urban whispers podcast on twitter 
find me there find us there shout us out um repost anything that you see if in fact i have encouraged you all to start reading and you ventured out on your own and read a book and you want me to talk about it holler at your girl let me know what are you guys reading what would you like to know more about like these are the things that i um want to hear from and maybe next week i'll give you all a read along like i'll read an excerpt from a book i don't know if i would get in trouble for that after i've looked into the law if i'm <laughs> maybe i'll play the audio <laughs> from an audio book i don't fucking know but we'll see what's happening i hope you all have a wonderful week until next time bye